Welcome to the Marketing Millennials, the No BS Marketing Podcast. I'm Daniel Murray, and join me for unfiltered conversations with the brains behind marketing's coolest companies. The one request I tell our guests, stories or it didn't happen. Get ready to turn the f*** up. Shots on goal is, is massively important. And that quantity over time leads to high quality. It's, I think it's pretty unrealistic when people say, create quality content. Most people don't know what that is. Usually that advice is not followed up with any sort of, and here's what quality looks like. You have to figure that out for yourself because it's not, it's not a, a one size fits all type thing. So that would kind of be my main advice. Let the quantity flow into quality over time. Get as many shots on goal with amount of posts that you can put out there. Even if you don't publish all of them, write a ton build the muscle, and uh, eventually good things happen if you actually pay attention to things that don't work and you veer away from those and go towards what does. What's up, everybody? I have Blake on the podcast today. I've been watching him for a while. He's grown his audience crazily on Twitter and other platforms, and I'm excited to chat about audience building with him and personal branding. What's up, Blake? Welcome to the pod. Hey, man. Thanks. It's a, it's a pleasure. We've talked a couple times before, but I'm glad to hop on the pod and, and just chat. I want to start off by letting you ever tell everybody, how did you get into marketing? What was your journey like? And then we can get into the topic. It's a 10-year story, so it, it takes a little bit to get through it. But the, the TLDR is uh, after high school, I went on a voluntary mission to France for two years and came back at 21 with no skills, no job, no idea what to do. I thought I wanted to be like a doctor or something. I had no clue. Started going to college and had to pay my bills. Uh, wasn't getting any help there. So I stumbled into an SEO job with French Canadian clients because I spoke French and that was literally the only connection. I had to lie in the job interview. I did not know anything about SEO, did not know anything about marketing at all. I just had to say, oh yeah, I know what website, how websites work. I know what SEO is. But really it was just because I spoke French that I got that job. And then through a series of events, I kind of started growing my skill set, started enjoying it worked at other agencies, went into the startup life. Some people might know me as like the CMO of Copy AI for a while there. And that's kind of over the past 10 years, what I've built my career on has been marketing, but all on the side, I've been building my audience and have kind of seen the value of that for past eight years or so. So I've just been slowly grinding and building something that I think is, is meaningful in, in regards to my audience. I want to go into the audience building aspect of it because I think you've done a great job. How do you think about if I was going to start my audience today, what would you tell me are the first like couple steps I should do to get started? I think that it really boils down to shots on goal at the very beginning. So when I first started building my audience, I was really bad at writing. Uh, if you think about how you're kind of trained to write through school, it's more formal. It's really structured. It's not as creative most of the time. Like you'll get a creative writing class in there sometimes, but even then it's it's really structured, rigid. You're writing in a certain style, APA, whatever it is. Then you get out of school and you get into the marketing world and you realize that the way that you were taught to write, the way that you were taught to speak and communicate your own story to other people is not very interesting. And it it's not really how the digital landscape works. So I had to unlearn a lot of stuff. And I, and I think that a lot of people are going to go through that. So if you're trying to build your audience, you're going to have to write. 
And maybe you're going to do it through TikTok and do more video, but there's still some writing stuff in there. And ultimately, it boils down to your effectiveness in telling a story and crafting some kind of compelling narrative over the course of time. But the only way that you actually get good at that is by writing a lot or recording a lot, doing whatever kind of content. You have to do a lot of it because you're going to be really bad for a while. And if you can be comfortable for that first year or so where all you're doing is learning and failing, then you're going to be in a really good place a year later if you can just collect those insights and stack those wins on top of each other. Because the goal at that time, if you're just starting out, it's not to gain followers right away. It's to build the muscle of how do I write good stories? How do I write good tweets, posts, videos, whatever, and do that consistently in a predictable way that works for me and matches my personality. If you can build that process up and tweet 10 times a day doing it, you're probably going to get there a lot faster than the person that tweets once per week or posts on LinkedIn once a month or whatever. Uh, shots on goal is, is massively important. And that quantity over time leads to high quality. It's, I think it's pretty unrealistic when people say create quality content. Most people don't know what that is. Usually that advice is not followed up with any sort of, and here's what quality looks like. You have to figure that out for yourself because it's not, it's not a, a one size fits all type thing. So that would kind of be my main advice. Let the quantity flow into quality over time. Get as many shots on goal with amount of posts that you can put out there. Even if you don't publish all of them, write a ton, build the muscle, and uh, eventually good things happen if you actually pay attention to things that don't work and you veer away from those and go towards what does. Yeah, and I think the big mistake people make is like quality is not determined by you. Quality is determined by your audience. Um, and that's what the perspective I started getting is like you can put out something that you think is a quality piece of content or a quality newsletter or a quality this. But if nobody reads it, is it really and nobody's interested in it, is it really that quality? It d- depends on what people's definition of quality is. Um, so yep. I do agree. So after you've built the muscle of posting all the time, cause I like, even if you, you, you post and there's not followers that like you have no followers, there's no way of growing that. So how do you start growing that followership once you learned how to write great content? You kind of have to pay attention to where the landscape's at. So for, for each channel, it's kind of different on Twitter, for example, a while back, I was doing single tweets and it was working really well, really well. And then a couple of years ago, it shifted to threads and you had to write longer form content if you wanted to grow. And that became the mechanism to get the maximum amount of impressions, regardless of how good your, your content was, honestly. And so people started catching on to that. And a lot of the growth happened through that mechanism. And the people that actually combined following that trend and, and seeing it and capitalizing on it, but also actually being able to write well, are the people now that have hundreds of thousands of followers because they just combined two things that clearly worked, then then they ran with it. And they another key part of this is they did not stop. It's really easy to see some viral growth. Well, I shouldn't say easy, but you can see viral growth by doing that. But then it's not as satisfying as you would actually think it is. And it's not as great as you think to go viral. And you can easily lose that muscle and the desire to want to keep going. So consistency still plays a huge role. After that point, if you can stay in the game long enough, that's kind of half the battle. But you do have to be okay, at least, at identifying per channel, where's this thing going? What does the algorithm seem to be preferring? What do people seem to be preferring? And then if you can mix in some kind of spiky point of view on top of that, so coming at a different direction than everybody else, if everybody's talking about AI, 
and ChatGPT, and that's like 99% of the threads you're seeing right now, maybe you should look for a different angle, whether it's going against AI or whether it's just talking about something completely, you should probably consider that at least. Like in marketing, it's usually the best practice is not usually actually the best practice. The best practice is to look at what people say the best practice is and then find a very unique way to approach that in a, very, in a, a completely different angle. So I think that applies to audience building as well. I think if you want to grow on platforms and it's hard to do this if you don't want to do what the platform likes to wants you to do because i remember when it started getting to threads i'm like oh goodness now i have to like write in this yeah. long form piece of content it became not my main channel anymore just because it wasn't what but i think if you're a great writer that could write really fast and want to commit to one channel like that it was a great tactic for a lot of people but i like that i think you have to understand platforms because each platform has a different language each platform is a different style each platform i mean doesn't mean like the content has the the topic and what you're trying to say could be the same thing but how you package it needs to be different for each platform how do you think about audience building for like yourself versus like when you went to like copy ai and something else what is like the difference and what are like the similarities that you saw uh, the biggest difference is it's a lot easier to do it for yourself as opposed to a brand, which it's it's extremely difficult. When you're doing it for yourself and you feel like you have complete control over your account, you can say whatever you want. You can test everything. You can post the same thing a million times or you can post completely different things a million times and you can just analyze it and, and learn from there. So there's a lot of freedom there. Plus, you have a face attached to the account, which kind of always helps. And it's just easier to grow, frankly. Whereas if you go to a brand account like a copy AI, even if it has momentum, it's still not going to grow as fast as a personal account unless you attach a person to that brand. So thankfully, you know, we had like me and, and the CEO were both tweeting a ton and, and other people at the company were into Twitter as well. So there was this ecosystem helping to build that brand and help that build that account through like Twitter, for example. So that was great. Plus it was a trending thing. There was a lot of the kismet there that was just bringing this together to grow the account. It wouldn't have worked so well if we were just trying to tweet under the company account and none of us were doing our own tweeting or attaching our face to it. So if you're looking at building a LinkedIn profile, like a, a page or whatever, it's probably going to be harder than building your own. For all those reasons that I listed, people love following people, uh, positive and negative reasons for that. But like people just like following people more than brands. It's more interesting so if you're going to do a brand account, you either have to attach yourself to one of the founders, CEO, whatever, and let them create a ton of content and become known for being associated with that brand. And then it can grow vicariously. Or you have to go crazy spiky with your point of view and post stuff that's very, very different and be way out there and probably incorporate video too. Like you, you have to do that one of those two ways, or it's probably not going to grow as well as you'd hope. And even if it does, it probably won't have very much impact. You can still get a, a ton of top of funnel stuff, but it doesn't really flow into anything business resulty. So yeah, it's, that's like the main takeaway is it is harder to do the brand side for sure. One question I get a lot from people and I want to see how you break this down is when I'm starting an account or I'm starting a page, how do I come up with what topics I should talk about? And then how should I 
set up a system or whatever to be able to say like, okay, I have now my topics and now I'm going to post X, Y, and Z. A lot of people struggle at that point to even get started. You inherently kind of know some of the things you should talk about. So it depends on how focused you want to be. You have to ask yourself first and foremost, what do I want my account to look like and what, what do I want it to do? Do I just want a space where I can be myself and just share whatever's top of mind? Then you don't really have to worry about topics. Just go do that. And if you want to try to grow your account, you can lean more into what the audience kind of tells you that they like through their engagement. But if you decide, I really want to grow my following because I want leads for my business, or I want to get more sponsorship opportunities for my newsletter, whatever it might be, you got to start with that goal because it really does define how narrow you need to go with your topic. So let's say you're going to, you're, you're really trying to drive email subscribers and that's your big thing. If your newsletter is about um, marketing, for example, well, obviously you've got to talk marketing and then you got to kind of split it out from there. So how I approached it when I started in, I guess, August of 2019, 2020 on Twitter, and I, I was doing LinkedIn before that, but we'll, we'll stay with Twitter. I was posting 15 times a day about every single marketing topic that I knew anything about. And it was all marketing or productivity. It was like those two things. And I basically just tweeted so much that I had enough data where the audience was telling me what they liked and not. So to your point earlier, your audience is who determines what quality actually is. I just paid attention to what got disproportionate amount of engagement and likes. I treated those as votes from my audience for what they liked. And then I leaned more into that and I just went further and further. And I kind of let that define what topics I talked about more because I was never starting with, oh, I'll just talk about things I don't like. I was still talking about things that I knew and things that I liked. I just had to narrow in from there. And I used engagement to, to help kind of show me what that focus should be. One of the things that people don't do is, is just get into the rhythm of seeing how people interact with your content, what people are saying about the content. And also like a great way to do it too is look at people in your space and seeing what content other people are reacting to as well. So you kind of, you can, like you said earlier, I think if someone has an opinion, you can create like the reverse of the opinion or your opinion on that opinion. But, but it, if it gets a lot of engagement, it's probably going to get a lot of engagement on your account. If it's in the same topic, um, that's the biggest thing. What are some things that you are thinking about now for like growing your audience. I know you you started on LinkedIn, you got big on Twitter. What are what are some like your next moves of like building audience? How are you thinking about it? Yeah, I'm kind of a cautionary tale because for about a year, I really wasn't able to tweet. Like the past year and a half, you can look at my account. I have slowed down considerably. I have not grown very much because I have not been able basically with like my full-time work and everything to go all in on it. But now that's changed. And so right now my focus is actually on navigating the new landscape that Twitter and LinkedIn are at, which is different. Uh, Twitter especially is very different than it was a year and a half ago. It was really creator friendly a year and a half ago. The algorithm was a little bit more forgiving. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of stuff going on there where now it's probably a little bit harder to grow, but I'm treating that as an exciting challenge. And so now for me, it's more about I want to do things that are really specific to me. I, I want to share more specific content. And that's what quality is going to look like for me going forward. Whereas before I was doing a lot of threads and I'm glad that I did that stuff because I was able to grow and build a valuable asset in my audience. But 
I want to get away from just trying to grow and focus more on, am I saying really high quality things? Am I sharing deeper insights of what I'm learning? And especially right now, I'm kind of going through this transition of going into a, a full-time solopreneur thing where I am, I am now not attached to anybody. I'm doing my own thing and it's totally new. I'm excited about that. I want to lean into that and share the ups and downs of that and get much deeper with here's like the three things that I learned today. So that's kind of my goal going forward, which probably doesn't mean that I'll grow as fast or probably means I will not grow as fast as before. Uh, but that stuff probably doesn't work very well now. You you still see, go on Twitter now and look at the same people that were posting a ton of threads before. The engagement is way, way, way down compared to where it was. And I'm not sure that's how you're going to win anymore just by following threads. I think you got to look for the next thing, which is deeper, whether it's longer form or short form content that really hammers home a point and shares unique insights that only that person could say. So everything I'm posting now is through that filter. And I also think what you said is great because I think if you're starting a business, for example, I think your point of view and creating expertise is way more important than just trying to get a bunch of attention. Where like if your goal is, let's say, some people who are doing the ways of growing right now, like their goal is to get attention, which is a fair enough goal. Like some like on LinkedIn, that was my goal for a long time, get a lot of attention so I can drive people to another asset. I think it all depends like what you're trying to do. Like if you're trying to get people to a newsletter or something else, attention is great. If you're trying to like show people like you build up a business or clients or something like that, you have to share like deeper insights, your opinions, and you can't worry too much on like that metric of how your follower is growing, how your stuff, you got to just say like, Hey, I'm trying to capitalize on this specific group of people. This specific group of people care about this type of thing. I'm going to worry about more who's engaging with my content than how many people. So I think that's a good play. I think, especially on LinkedIn, I see like the people who built like great businesses off of LinkedIn. Chris Walker is a great example, like deep insights on a certain topic that then they had a point of view and then people resonated with that point of view and then they became clients of that person. Totally. Yeah. What is a marketing hill you would die on? One that comes to mind immediately around like social is this need that companies and people feel that it has to be a sales channel for you or it has to flow down in some way. I'm not sure how realistic that really is. And I think it's more, if you view through like the inputs and outputs of social media channels, like a, a Twitter, for example, the way that I view it is not to sell more courses or get people to my newsletter necessarily. That stuff just can kind of happen if I set up the flow right. But it's more about on the input side, am I genuinely helping somebody here? Because I know that the more good that I put out there, the more good is going to come back my way. So it's like this karmic kind of thing. And then the output for me, it's not so much about, again, tying it to specific sales goal or anything like that or, or for a brand account. I would never go in and run social for somebody and say, this is just going to totally crush on sales. Like I'm, I'm never going to come in and say that. Some people think that you can. I treat it more as like, I'm going to give high value and I'm going to try to create opportunities for other people. And then I, th I think that opportunities will come back to me, but if they don't, I'm actually okay with that. Cause I think it's more about just doing good and then good things can happen. But even if the good things don't come, that's fine. 
So that's that's kind of one of them. Social is a sales channel. I'm not super sold on necessarily. I think it, it can it can obviously happen. You can obviously sell through social, but I don't think that should be your your viewpoint from day one. Uh, another one that I think is probably I don't know. Some people are gonna are gonna relate to this, but I think attribution is largely stupid. I think attribution's like really pointless for the most part. Doesn't work super well. Uh, I'm not sure that I've ever looked at an attribution model and looked at all the data holistically and thought, oh, this makes total sense. I know exactly what to do next. I think it mostly just makes things even muddier and less clear than they already were before. Whereas the simple data that you get from, you know, just regular like Google Analytics or from Twitter, all these things, maybe doesn't tell you a full story, but you have enough to make assumptions and then go out and test. So I'm much more of a believer of like, I have small data points. I'm going to go test them instead of saying, I'm going to spend seven out of eight hours a day looking at data. And then I'm going to go execute something really haphazardly in one hour. I really don't believe in that. And, and there are going to be people that will want to fight me on that. But mostly through my career, I've just seen like, I don't, I don't really believe in attribution that much, honestly. I think it's a good, just like anything in marketing, I think it's just a good thing for signal. Like, it's just like, okay, this is telling me something that's happening it's not i think the problem is like so many people die on the attribute like you know, of like this is, yeah. this is what's working because of the attribution i think it's good to have some sort of tracking mechanism to say okay this channel is this channel but i think it's a compass it's not it's not a a map to tell you okay this channel is working like we should keep doing this channel to me, that's kind of the problem because where most people spend most of the time is on the, the end of that where it's like, I'm going to spend so much time diving way deeper than I ever would when you kind of already had some of that signal from earlier on, whether it's Google Analytics or even going a little bit more sophisticated. We probably have 90% of what we need to know before that. And most people spend the, like the 10% of the, uh, you know, in their time there. I also think it comes down to a lot of marketers don't get close enough to like the buyers and customers so they don't actually know why they're buying and why they're why they consider because i think if you just like talk to a couple people you you can kind of get a good signal that okay i saw you on social media i saw you on this i saw you on that but like so many people are re relying on that those data points instead of like actually because it's a little harder that's a harder thing to do and like it's easier to say okay, this is tracking this way. It's hard to set up, but it's easy to say, this is tracking this way. I'm not going to go talk to 100 customers. Like, yeah, it's way easier. And I love the point about social media you made. I think I've heard this a lot of times from a lot of people, like even like my social media friends, like the first thing people ask them is, what revenue number could we tie to social? What could we tie to social? And then what happens is it creates what you said before, but like bad behavior on social media and people on social media to escape from something or like learn something or grow on something. They're not there to get sold to. Like if they were there to get sold to, it would work, but they're not there to get sold to. They're there to make connections. They're there to learn. They're there to do something. So you should do what the platform, like we said at the beginning of building on it, do what the platform tells you to do, not what you think you should do. And eventually you will get sales. If you if you create yeah. great enough content and becoming an expert at a topic, people will tr start trusting you more and eventually you will get sales from that channel. Yeah, totally. Last question I have for you, 
is if someone was starting marketing today and they came to ask you for advice, what is some advice you would give them that they would come back to you two years down the road and thank you for? The best thing you can do as a marketer is is buckle up for your need to adapt a ton because things change so quickly. There's There's not even really cycles in marketing. It's like one day it's all about web three marketing and then, and then it's AI marketing is the next thing. And AI seems to be big enough where it's going to keep happening. And so there's this huge change. It's almost like the internet coming in and people thought traditional marketers were never going to go away. It, it was always just going to kind of be that way. This inter- internet thing was going to die down. That didn't really happen. And so now digital marketing, you have to totally change your career basically to go into digital. It's a very different skill set than traditional marketing, non-digital with AI, you're going to probably experience something new. So if somebody is coming in right now, that's going to be their norm. So thankfully, they don't have preconceived notions about what digital marketing is, but it's going to be different going forward. And with the advancements of technology, like they're going right now with AI, every week, something completely new happens, and it could possibly change the way that you do a certain process or your entire job. And instead of being scared of that or staying rigid in your beliefs around how marketing should work, you should allow yourself to take the ride and educate yourself on what's happening next and try to be one step ahead if you possibly can. And it's not as hard as you think to be one step ahead. All you got to do is read stuff because 99% of the world still doesn't have a clue what ChatGPT actually does or you know how AI is going to evolve. Feels like we do in this tech bubble, but most people don't. So you can be ahead of the curve, just be open to adapting. And when that next wave comes, be you know upfront, be a little stingy and don't say, I'm going to change everything based on this one first impression. But if there's a clear pattern that things are going in that direction, you will have to adapt if you want to be a great marketer, period. If you want to be an okay marketer that gets fired every couple of years and you have to pass from job to job or you're never able to go out on your own or anything like that, then okay, don't adapt as much and see how it goes. But honestly, you, you're going to have to. In the digital marketing age, since I got started 10 years ago, has already gone from like, oh, you can hack Google for SEO just by stuffing keywords in there to now, nope, that doesn't happen at all. And in fact, AI is going to totally change SEO and it's not going to look the same. So that's in 10 years. It's not even remotely the same way to market. You can expect probably even more rapid changes going forward. And if you're not the type of person that can adapt, you might want to consider a different career because this this is going to be a wild ride. And if you can adapt and write it well, you're going to be very successful. Like people in marketing, you're going to have a lot of success, I think in the next 10 years, but it's going to take a specific mindset to be able to do that. Even if you don't want to adopt something yet, at least go and like read about it, try it. Doesn't mean you have to like adopt it in your business today or like put the sun, but like at least knowing why people are using it why people are there's a rave about it just like any platform like when people said tiktok was for kids like at least go discover why people are saying that before you just listen to everybody's opinions of why people say that um i'll give you the last minute to let everybody know where people could find you and where they could follow you and your journey yeah yeah i mean on on twitter i'm just getting started back up at hey blake come and send me a dm just let me know that you you listen to the show and pop a question. I'll, I'll be happy to answer as quickly as I can. And then on LinkedIn, just search for Blake Emil uh, under my name. You'll I should be the only one that pops up. I think I'm the only one in the world with that name, actually. So shouldn't be too hard to find me. 
And other than that, I'm around. I answer DMs, so just don't be a stranger. Well, thank you for joining. It's been great. Thank you for your insights. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening. Tune in next week to hear more great insights from marketing's coolest operators. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing to the Marketing Millennials podcast and giving it a five-star rating. It helps bring more marketers into our community.